and I think one's going to be brave enough to say if your product stands up to it, show it. People have enough of smoke and mirrors in their life. They need reality. They need to test it. Welcome to Drinks World, where we celebrate and connect entrepreneurs in the beverage industry in South Africa. As promised, Charles Withington is back today and we are talking about Cape Brandy. After a five-year effort by the Cape Brandy Distillers Guild, Cape Brandy has received legal recognition and has been taken up into the Liquor Products Act. My name is Holger Meyer and this is Drinks World. Welcome to the show today. We promised to get Charles Withington back onto the show and this time we are talking about Cape Brandy. Last time we spoke to Charles about his long career in the wine industry and all the things that he's up to at the Darling Wine Shop. Welcome to the show today, Charles. Uh, absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, Brandy's a, 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 obviously a pet subject of mine and I think could be quite interesting. Yeah, I see. So, you, uh, you, you sent me a link to an article which you wrote um, in the South African... Uh, it's an online publication where there was an announcement that um, Cape Brandy is now an official, or it's been taken up into the Liquor Act. Yes, I think, you see, the challenge has been, has really been, is that Brandy in itself is quite a confusing uh, name, just world, you know, even worldwide. Uh, People actually make peach brandy, etc. So, you know, and there are all sorts of other brandies. So, brandy in itself is slightly con uh, confusing. But I think the biggest challenge we've had in South Africa is we, know, and this figure I think will really, really bring it home 95% of all brandy sold in South Africa is what we know as Menga Branabane. Okay. <laughs> and and that is your, you know, all those hundreds of brands you know from the roof to good heavens, whatever. Mm. Now, wh while one's not, I'm not certainly not decrying that product, it fills a huge market space, they sell a lot of spirits and all the rest. It is not, it's a totally different animal from what, what we know as potstil brandy. And of course, the rest of the world knows as uh, where cognac is out and out the absolute leader. Mm. And this is the type of quality parameters we need. In fact, so much so that the 95% of brandy uh, of Mega Brandabane can't even be exported to the EU. It does not meet the EU minimum qualification to be sold as brandy. So sure, you can send it to China and places like that. So, so if, that's the one challenge. The other challenge is that whiskey and drinks like that have been hugely successful. Cognac itself has been successful in the South African market over the last 12 months has shown virtually the biggest single growth of a spirit, of a high-end spirit. Um, it's grown in, in emerging markets a lot because there's a high perception of quality. So our problem has been the people who produce fine brandy has been to somehow get that message across to the consumer that there's a big difference between top-end potstool brandy, or let's call it cape brandy, and the normal stuff. It's a bit like Wagyu brief and mince. Okay. So can you start by maybe explaining the difference? The, uh, your, your cognacs and that are 100% potstool. Mm. And that is – and there's an aging, there's an aging uh, a stipulation as well. 
Whereas your Mengebrana vein have to contain a 30% of a Potsil product that must be uh, three years old, and the rest is a conventional grape spirit. So, yes, the challenge that brandy does have, it has to be made in South Africa, and our legislation is very strict, has to be made from grape spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in the rest of the world, no one's really saying for these odd brandies, they can be made for anything. Mm. Um, but because the base is a grape spirit and not a pot still, it, it, can never, it can't meet the cognac requirements. I can remember words like estate brandy. What is an estate brandy? What is, is that something to do with a wine estate? No, I think we confused ourselves. The, the classification, estate brandy might have been a label that was used um, to uh, signify a brandy that came off production on the estate. Okay. But unless the process aligned itself with cognac, mm. then it, 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 it wouldn't qualify. To be a, a, among that league. So we had a lot of confused on brandies. We also had a thing called vintage brandy, yeah. um, which meant the brandy had to, to have a certain vintage. Um, yes. Okay. I mean, I remember speaking to Dave Hooper a couple of times when, when he, I think he bought some of the distilleries and he was going on about wanting to create this label or this, this brand called Cape Brandy. Can you tell us a little bit about that whole movement or how the, how the whole... That whole project. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, um, we, I often say, we South Africans are like athletes. Uh, we'll, we'll sit at the starting blocks and so busy looking at the guy's shoes next door that when the gun goes off, we miss, miss it happening. And Dave looked at this lot and, and, and he said, you know, if we created an organization brandy and set a parameter and, uh, and a uh, in of, of quality, and provenance. These are the two things. Integrity and provenance are the two key key words about this. And where all the producers who met that should have a common platform to market on. It is the only way we could take on the world with quality. Um, and, and that is the only way you could do it. Set a set of parameters in your product that the consumer perceives its value. But I can tell you, if you do a blind tasting with cognac and... Um, and the top South African brandies, it's not a case of which is better. It's a case of which you prefer. Mm. And, 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 and so we're very, very much in, in that. Our top brandies are very much in that world, world class. So there's no problem with quality. There's a problem of getting that message across. Okay. So that the person who will quite happily go into the shop and spend 500 rand or 800 rand on a bottle of cognac will do it equally so gladly for something brandy and probably know he's getting better value for his money because he pays a bit less. Charles, I think you should just take a bit more time to explain the word provenance. Provenance, provenance means the origin. In, okay. in other words, uh, well, I mean, the best way to talk provenance is if you talk about, an art, if you talk about a Stephen Wells auction and you have a, a big chest of painting being Delta provenance, where did this come from? Okay. And and whatever. So the provenance is really giving our brandy is is giving our brandy confirming where it comes from. It's it's an origin. It's it's gone for a process. And the consumer knows he has that that product about. Charles, and the second term you used was integrity. Integrity. Well, integrity, and and funny enough, it's it's a bit bizarre. 
because in our wine, in our South African wine legislation and the wine and spirit board legislation, we have the highest level of product integrity of every any country in the world. Our certific that certification sticker is traceable back to vineyard, and a consumer has a traceability right back. Okay. And so uh, that's what we need on our brandy for the consumer confidence. He knows it comes with the origin it comes from, and he knows the process it comes from. Okay. It isn't some random distilled spirit that has been coloured, flavoured, and sold as brandy. And the term Cape brandy has now been taken up into the Liquor Products Act. What does that mean? Yes. So, the, so the, the key thing about that is that if it says Cape brandy on the bottle, it has to comply with 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 those provisions of Cape brandy. Mm. And and the, 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 uh, to to be called Cape brandy, one is the origin in the Western Cape, well, the origin in the greater West, the greater Cape area. And then the content, and then the distillation method, and everything else. Charles, I was surprised to see that my friends at Dimas have now got Cape Brandy on their label. Can you explain that to me? I think it was it was a feeling that we can't be as make it as a smaller region as the Cape, mm. um, uh, and it needed to be uh, and, and it's inclusive. And I think it's great. And you must produce a lovely brandy. They've mm. got a lovely story to it. And those are the type of things we want. We want small small distilleries really doing the right thing, making the right thing. And and that again is product integrity. There's an origin. It comes from a certain place. It's got a. It, that's all part of it. I mean, if you get the tech, yeah, if you get the technicality of it, uh, and the other thing that Dave Hooper was was uh, which is coming in, that he also said it was essential for us to speak to be able to speak on the world stage, and that is having the 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 nomenclature that is used by the by internationally, but specifically by the French, and so what that will mean is that you have some a brandy is VS, it's a minimum of three years a vsop is a minimum of four years and xo is a minimum of 10 years and an xxo is a minimum of 20 years and you might uh, know that kwv has just brought out a very um an xxo um, a brandy under kwv that must be a first i haven't seen that um, but why are we doing it for three years if the cognac people are doing it for two years? Well spotted. <laughs> we actually, we actually, I wrote an article the other day, and, and then I can't quote it over, but very well spotted. <laughs> an article the other day, and actually said that we thank the cognac, cognac the people from cognac for their input, for everything regarding brandy, for make, creating this, this brilliant product and creating the provenance behind it. Mm. And we not only meet their, expect, meet their, um, their specifications, but we exceed them. And Cape Brandy makes its VS minimum three years. Mm. I'll, in fact, uh, send you a clip that very simply shows you the difference between the whole lot. Is there, is there a reason for having to do the three years, or do, has that got something to do with our liquor, liquor product? I, I would suspect that the probably reason we chose three years is that is the minimum that we use for the 
portion that goes into Bixabra. Mm. And the other thing is to, the other thing I think I must uh, point out is the, the other thing about the Cape Brandy, uh, is the Cape Brandy logo. And it's it's a bit like a, the wool mark uh, on something. If you buy mm. a jacket, you see a wool mark, you know it. And the idea, and this was again David Hooper's idea, uh, well, others are involved, but really the driver, we need an absolute um, hallmark of what we're about. And so if this consumer among this plethora of brandies sees that mark on it, it says this is the genuine stuff. That was the other key thing, to have that identifiable uh, um, logo, and of course, a very important thing. And it's interesting to see that even the the mayoral office in Cape Town has grasped the value of this to tourism in the Western Cape, and specifically Cape Town, is having Table Mountain with the brandy glass in front of it. Very striking imagery, and um, that is also very much part of the Cape Brandy. It shows it's something we can really be really be proud of. Yeah, that is, that is uh, I mean, it is a beautiful, beautiful logo and um, decal, I guess. And incidentally, one other on that, of course, the other clever thing about this, the most known landmark in South Africa is Table Mountain. Yeah. In fact, if you go, if you go landmarks of the world, Table Mountain is known just about as well as the Eiffel Tower and a few other places, absolute. You know, you unmistakably us. Yeah, yeah, that is that is true. Do you know offhand who the members are, or is it is it yes, so? Uh, so can you can you still qualify? Um, anyone who meets the specification mm. of the Cape Brandy product can qualify, and to be absolutely them, and we urge everyone to do that without making a let's say, a political statement, I think for the bigger corporations, and those are the two ones that are still, I think, thinking about it, they do have a challenge where they produce a mass of mixer brandy and only small of others, and to, they can't be on the same platform. But we are hoping that sanity will prevail and that among the big guys who also produce small amounts of very fine brandy, they actually move that wine onto, move those onto the Cape Brandy platform and um, and and they get that added market benefit of the integrity and everything that involves. But, yeah. you know, we always take a bit longer to do those things than we hope. But absolutely, the idea right from the beginning that this must be completely inclusive, encourage everyone who qualifies to, to join it because... Um, th this is what it's about. This isn't a sort of, you know, a small grouping of let's let's drive the world our way. This is to make it absolutely inclusive for brandy generally. Mm. Yeah, that's wonderful that it's so inclusive. I can remember now, or I recall now, that when I visited Rolf Zeitvogel when he was at Blauklippen, he had a yes. he had a little. One of the Furkamas was converted into a brandy room, and he had all these different Cape brandies on display there, and I think you could purchase them. So that was quite a nice cooperation of kind of promoting the 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 guild rather than just his own brandies. Absolutely, and and uh, absolutely, and 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 that was um, and that was great, and that's what you wanted. But I mean, if you look at 
if you look at you've got you back, uh, you know, Cape Brand, you've got, and you know, you've got Baxburg, you've got Dimas, you've got Blowclip, and of course, as you know, you've got Carpsa, uh, Takara producing some stunning stuff at the moment. You've got Oda Merlin, you've got all you've got here, Joseph Barry, and you've got a lot of the great Kurt Constantia. And so there's some great, great, great brandies out there. And there are, you know, anything that is a Cape Pottsville brandy now qualifies to be a member of Cape Brandy Distillers Guild. Okay. So all your top end Fenerians, your KWVs that meet the spec, absolutely all better and can carry the badge and uh, of Cape Brandy. And if if the retail trade wants to support this movement, is there a cooperative or a combined effort to to get this into the trade, or is that still early days? It is it, it, a combination of early days and a combination of finance. I mean, to be quite frank, for quite a few out of the names I've mentioned who produce stunning brands, it isn't necessarily their main product. Mm. So the amount of budget they're going to throw behind it and all the rest is compared to what they might spend on the other part of their wine estate. So the growth of, of Cape Brandy is in, uh, in two places. One is in the local market, and, um, and let's call it the mass market or the market that where people are buying cognac. And a lot of our market believes, and maybe by very because of very good marketing of the likes of cognac, likes of champagne, that um, these are the very best products because they're imported and they've got all the right things. And we have to get into that market. And that can only be got in by perception and reality, by introducing the product, by testing the product, by showing the people the product, and by them realizing, wow, this is every darn bit as good. But international is also important to grow there because of this, the you know of our market and internationally has to be braced on product quality, product integrity, and and we also need people to talk about our product. So the next big challenge is to get um, is to get our brandies tasted on a world platform and more and more. And whether there's a cognac alongside them doesn't worry us. In fact, it's a very good endorsement if you show five South African brandies and put in two cognacs. Or they tried to do it on a tasting. It's great. Um, you might have read the decanter, well, not decanter itself, but reported in decanter, a fascinating tasting of Sinzos from 37 Sinzos from five different countries um, that took place a month ago. And what is interesting there, of those 37 Sinzos, South Africa came best overall with the most, and the most had seven out of the top ten. Wow. So we aren't scared of this type of competition. I think one's going to be brave enough to say if your product stands up to it, show it. So the next challenge, and in fact I'm talking to someone in Singapore, is early next year to have send over a selection of Cape Brandies to one of their top uh, spirit imports and say, do a tasting, invite people along and do a tasting, let them show what we can do. People have enough of smoke and mirrors in their life. They need reality. They need to test it. I'm very excited, and I can't help but suggest that speciality bottle stores make a display of a curated range of Cape brandies to showcase this wonderful piece of South African heritage. Yeah, I, I, I think that's an 
excellent idea. We need the con- this product to be shown to the consumer that he can understand it because it's confusion. That's why no one's realized this. I think that's a great idea. I think every single guy, wine estate, big or small, that produces a bottle of brandy would, of Cape brandy, would love to have it in in a specialist retail outlet. So I think that's a particularly uh, good idea. Charles, one more thing that I noticed, and that is the alcohol percentage of of this brandy. It's not fully... 43% 43% as, as the others. There were some that are 38%. Well, uh, it just shows how times change when we, uh, how things go along. In the old days, South African brandies had to be 45%. In fact, cognacs had to be, uh, had to have their alcohol increased before they could be imported into the country. So the rule now is all, all conventional alcohol must be 43. So be it gin, be it vodka, be it whatever, 43 is the norm. But because these quality brandies have a low alcohol, uh, you can go down to 38. Most are running at 40, but you can go at 38. And bizarrely enough, which was great news, there's actually a slight tax. Re- the, the tax on Potsdam brandies is slightly less per bottle than on uh, Mengebrana Bain because, of course, they contain less alcohol. Yeah. And just a, a one figure that might sort of quite alarm you, the tax on the single bottle of spirit, in tax and including VAT, in fact, everything the government takes, is running just on just a, on 70 rand a bottle, 75 rand a bottle, I think. That is tax. Yeah, it's unbelievable. The rest is, you've got nothing. You've just got tax on that. The rest is, yeah. So when you buy a bottle for 125 rand on special, you must just wonder... <laughs> well, how they managed to fit it in. Yeah, and and sometimes it might even be cheaper if it's a if it's a vodka that's that's uh, somehow land, landed on a, on a, on a shelf somewhere. Yeah, but I must say, you'll see when these brandies out how it's 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 gender friendly in taste, but it might not. It certainly isn't in perception at the moment. Yeah, brandy in South Africa has an image of male, macho, and and we must realize that Cape Brandy and Cognac is that drink that ladies will drink it equally and enjoyably and sip it and savor it and all the rest. It's a totally different concept. It's not just a let's hoi up and make it a double. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, to target that market that, um, that we know will find it very receptive. Charles, and, and what is your, your role in this organization? I just happened to be a trustee. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Probably I'm passionate about the product, but I'm trying to think why I took I put an extra, you know, even more on my plate. But I really believe it's a good product. I believe it's such a good idea. It's it's great. And mm. I'm delighted to be associated. Okay. Your, I mean, your journey with Brandy, you, you, we obviously last, in the last interview, we spoke about your, illustrious wine career and where when did the the brandy bug bite you <laughs> i wouldn't say illustrious maybe i spent a long time trying to get things right um brandy funny enough about 15 years ago 10 15, 15 years ago um and by odd quirk i was approached by the guys at um barrydale uh, to just come and join the sit on the with their board meetings uh, once a month or once every couple of months 
and discuss marketing strategy and things like that. And in fact, we ended up buying a little place in Barrydale. So if I was down there, we'd spend a few days. And I had absolutely no knowledge of branding and knew nothing about it. And they were a great bunch of guys to chat about and learn things. And one learned a great bit about brandy is what it is. And that's really where it started. And your own brand? Is that when, when you started making your own brand? Well, my own brand is about eight years ago. That's when I started making my own brand. Okay. Um, and, 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 you know, and I called it Furkam. The reason I, be, I believed that uh, a South African brandy should have a South African type name. And I love the story of Furkama and the whole courtship ritual that used to go on Furkamas in the old houses. And um, that's where it all started. Charles, thank you very much for joining us today. Please remember to check out the previous episode with Charles. I'll post a link in the show notes. And you can also find out more about this topic at capebrandy.org. And I'll also post a link to Charles's Voorkamer Brandy in the show notes. That was Charles Withington. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to our stories here online. In the show notes, you will also find a link where you can subscribe to become part of our community and be notified when we upload our latest content.